0: What does it take to win? What does it take to be a winner? My name is Wesley Donahue. I'm here to answer those questions and today I'm joined by Mike Alm. Mike is singularly the best digital fundraiser in the Republican Party. He used to work over at Campaign Solutions, but recently he's taking a new position at the NRSC as the digital director. Mike is brilliant, so you really should listen up for his advice. How's it going, man? Good. How are things? Things are lovely. I'm back in Charleston after spending the week at Campaign Solutions. Ah, how are you liking your new job,
1: Mike? It, it, it's a blast. Uh, it's hard to believe it's only been two and a half weeks. I think I just talked to the team about that this afternoon at lunch. Um, yeah, it's it's a blast. Um, you know, trying to make real difference and close the gap with uh, on fundraising, additional fundraising especially. So.
0: I'm going to ask you specifically about that because there's a lot to talk about before we get into your story. But so you're the new
1: digital director—is that the title at the NRSC? Yep. yep, and direct response director too, overseeing direct mail and telemarketing as well.
0: Okay, I was going to ask you that. So it's it's everything digital, telemarketing, direct mail. Yep. And, so like and, direct mail fundraising, you're in charge of.
1: Correct. Yeah. Not not the voter mail, but the 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 fundraising side of it.
0: So basically, we're talking about anything related to fundraising that's not like events and big donor based. Correct. Yeah.
1: So like all small dollar donations, whether that's online mail, whatever. Exactly. And uh, it's funny because I've been working with the committee for 20 years on the outside. And, you know, 10 years ago, the direct mail team here had, you know, a team of, eight people and now the digital team has the team of eight people with the digital <laughs> person overseeing the direct mail program so it's it's really come full circle
0: and mike i think it's only a matter of time before tv's like that too
1: yeah probably the same uh yeah we had a good meeting in here yesterday with some some uh, corporate uh folks in our in in the same you know doing the same sort of agency side of work and uh it was a good discussion about that that what they're seeing in their world is 60 40 digital versus broadcast it, you know bounces around but that that's you know they were they were big on linear tv uh for sure
0: yeah I mean you know typically the people doing the ies for the committees have a background in TV um or, or more at least TV focused i bet you know, it's not going to happen this cycle. Maybe not even next cycle, but it's it's going to happen where it's going to be the digital first guys are taking over pretty much everything at some point. I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just look at how little we watch broadcast TV. I mean, it, it's you know, it's on a DVR or or just it's streaming now. So.
0: Yeah. So, how long were you at Campaign Solutions uh, before you went over to the NRC? Yeah,
1: it nine nine years. I was yeah into my going into my ninth year. So, uh, you know, several three full cycles or or five, five, maybe. Yeah. It flew flew by and it flew by and it, yeah, really saw it evolve too. Cause I remember like the first cycle there, if we raised a half million dollars for somebody, it was, holy cow, what a great job. This is phenomenal. And now that's a, you know, that's a a month or, or even less. So it's, it's really, grown and changed.
0: Wow. I mean, you've had those, you've had days like that for, you know, we did Lindsey Graham together. We did Herschel Walker together. I mean,
1: we had days raising that much. Oh yeah. Yeah. Multi, multi-million dollar days. In fact, that first one was probably uh 2020 where, you know, the three, $4 million day for Senator Graham. Uh, and then Herschel saw that certainly too. Um, it, it Just unheard of eight years ago. That's
0: insane. Uh, yeah. So Mike, I have told everybody that I know, and and I'll say it now and put it all over the world, that you are singularly the best digital fundraiser the Republican Party has in the entire country. (laughs) You are. And uh, Campaign Solutions was blessed to have you. The NRSC is now blessed to have you. But being the, not just a expert, but the tippity-top expert in this industry, what the hell do you think is going on between the Republicans and the Democrats right now? In terms yeah. of digital fundraising and why let me put that in perspective for people that aren't are listening and don't know what you and I are talking about. The Democrats are out, they're, they're killing us. They're out raising us three to one, four to one right now. A political article came out this week that said their base is what, like three point five times bigger than ours? Yep. Something something like that. What is going on, Mike?
1: Yeah, and some some of us just they're they're a lot more motivated right now. Um, our base and our donors seemed a little more complacent this last election cycle. Not sure if it's the economy or what. Uh, one thing people do forget too is that. The Republicans still do a lot of direct mail, so you have to add that on to what's reported on digital, uh, but they still have an advantage even with that. So th- there are some you know, asterisks there, but they just simply have more donors. Uh, they do a lot, a lot more sharing. That is probably the biggest thing that we've got to solve for, um, and we're charged with this cycle. Uh, is
0: Mike, but- more- how I mean that's an ideological thing, right? Like Democrat, it's mean, the core of our parties. Democrats share wealth. Yeah. Republicans believe in in advancement through competition, and we don't like to share things, right?
1: Like, yeah, it's survival I, of the fittest on our
0: side. Yeah, I, but I mean, I guess my point is, like, it's people ask me that all the time. How do you fix it? And I say that isn't a problem that technology can fix or that digital strategy can fix. You're talking about changing the essence of who we are as humans and what really differentiates us uh, from a political party standpoint, I don't, I don't know how to fix that, but you're, you're much smarter than I am.
1: Yeah, it, it, you're right. That's a fundamental just difference that we, 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 I don't think we're ever going to overcome it because that is who we are. That's who they are. Uh, but we do have to close the gap. So our candidates aren't getting outspent. You know, one of the races, Senate races last fall was seven to one. I think out Jeez. in Arizona. I mean, it, it's it, it's just we're getting killed on that. Um, and and what we do and is direct is the hard dollars, you know. So it's the federal hard dollars that can buy the lowest unit rate on advertising. Uh, you know, a lot a lot was made that the Democrats and Republicans had equal money spent on the election, but in the in the weeds in the the fine print is. They outspent us on the hard dollars, where the money is more efficiently spent, and then Mm -hmm. we had to close the gap with the IEs, and that money is not efficient because they they have to pay the market rate, which I heard. See, the Nevada market was ten times what the candidates were paying. I mean, so you so you're spending you spend a hundred you know a million dollars to offset a hundred thousand dollars that a candidate's going to spend it's well
0: it's that's just, why the but that's the argument of why these ies and committees should be digital first it, or they want to put all their money on tv where they have to spend 10 times more and they ignore digital which doesn't make any sense to me
1: yeah we're, we're gonna have to find new ways to 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 compete that way because on digital you're right on digital there is no uh different rates it, it, you know one is the same as the other so it, it would help the campaigns and in, in, Get get a little better footing uh, as they go into these elections. Yeah, and, then, and some of it was just cyclical. It was you know it was just kind of a bad year. They had the Democrats had two incumbents who just came off special elections in 2020, and no doubt they had millions of donors each. And both of them coincidentally were the top fundraisers in the country. Raphael yeah. Warnock raised nearly 200 million dollars just not that long ago. That was a presidential type. Yeah, I mean.
0: Everybody, you know, you and I did Herschel Walker together, and we could talk a lot about how bad the candidate was, or you know, people want to blame Donald Trump and blame inflation, all this stuff. But the, like the, it doesn't matter when you're getting outspent that much. I mean, how much were we outspent in the runoff,
1: Mike? Do you remember? Yeah, it was it was two to one. Herschel was one of the lower ratios. He, he only got outspent two to one only. Um, only, but you but, can't win a race being outspent correct. two to one, Mike. Right? Yep. Yeah, they had the advantage of running sixty second basically PSAs uh, on Thanksgiving, just thanking first responders. Yeah, No, no I, campaign's I, ever had that much money to do something like that.
0: We can't compete even with the best candidate. We had the best candidate we can ever dream of. You and I came together, we whiteboarded it out, and somehow created this human robot, whatever. Yep. It cannot win being outspent two to one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it is that simple. So we've got a we're working here to close that gap, get the new uh, races up to speed and ready to take on in 2024. It's a much better map, no doubt, yeah. uh, but they're still going to have an advantage on the fundraising because they can, they, they, they already started helping each other in December. The, the candidate who just won in Nevada on their side started, Sending out emails to benefit the next one that's up in 2024 already. That's what yeah. they do. Our well, candidates are still raising money for themselves that just won. And, and that, that's right. That, we got to try to change that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're screwed. We're screwed. Well, there's nobody better to be at the committee, you know, at, at near the top of the committee. Than you to do it, and and frankly, man, the reason I made this acquisition of Campaign Solutions because I want to be part of the solution too, and use our company uh, to help find solutions. Because all the other stuff I was doing didn't matter because we just didn't have the money to spend. So unless we're testing and experimenting, and as people have been asking me, like, what do we need to do? So we need to be like Elon Musk. We need to be willing to blow up some damn rockets, you know. He's leading the space race. Why? Because he's willing to fail. He's willing to spend money. He's willing to test. He's willing to experiment. He's willing to blow up rockets. And you know, we are are Republicans. Again, we're also cheap. And I, I, I'm cheap. I'll admit, you know. But we're we're cheap. We don't like wasting money. But we're we're going to have to do some experimentation, I think, to figure this problem out. But man, enough about that. All right, you've been doing politics for a long time. I mean, I think you and I first ran into each other and like. 06. Yeah. so uh, you've been around the block. I'm sure you've got hundreds of, of fun campaign stories, but can you tell me at least one
1: of them that we can dive into? Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I I was trying to think of. You know, I've got a lot of them. Uh, some of the more recent ones probably should stay private. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, I think back to just me getting started in politics. So I got I got started at a young age in high school, and I don't remember why. My my family was mostly. Uh, kind of blue collar Democrats, farmer backgrounds, um, or independents. I think my parents were kind of independent, um, but I don't know if I had a teacher that just challenged me to start to get me thinking about it. Got involved in college, and then right out of college, I started working for a congressional race. And that race, it was first, it was a Senate race, and then he jumped into an open seat for Congress down in southeast Minnesota in Rochester. And so I was right out, right out of college, loaded up the car didn't even go to graduation ceremony, started my job, you know, with a whole thousand dollars a month, uh, back then. And, uh, and so I was part of that race ended up turning into part of the class of 1994, which, you know, there's a long time ago, but I still yeah. think back to what an experience that was, uh, that, you know, that historic Republican takeover, um, you know, first time in 50 years or since the great depression, I think as the story as goes. Um, and then, from that, I was one of the only staffers on the, the campaign that stayed, and then the next cycle, I ran the reelection campaign. So here's that's here's this 23-year-old running a multi-million-dollar reelection. Uh, it was a little daunting at the time, uh, and and now a million-dollar race is nothing, uh, but it was pretty cool, and I learned so much from it. Uh, just you know, I wish a, more people in our industry had campaign experience because I I do think you learn so much from that trial by fire. Uh, they, they just can't teach you in school. So yeah.
0: That, what, were, what do you think were a couple of lessons? I, I agree with that. I'm going to, I'm going to go into that in a minute about actual campaign experience. So what do you think are, you know, a lesson or two that you really learned from running the campaign?
1: Uh, just all that responsibility, uh, you know, details matter. I know it's just, it's kind of a throwaway sometimes, but you know, little details matter, uh, especially, you know, when you're, you know, raising and spending that kind of money um, and then trusting good partners. You know, we had a candidate at the time, uh, learned a lot from them, but, you know, we went through several pollsters and in, and in, in that year, because that was the Democrats. And so this is 96 Democrats are trying to retake the majority and they were throwing so much money at us. I mean, we had probably $3 million spent in this rural district relatively um, on TV by the unions and our pollster at the end basically came in it was Terence group and just said this is you're going to lose if you don't do XYZ and I just nev- I never forget that, that we everything every decision from that point forward we made based on that great advice of here's what we need to do to win and we executed and, and we won um you know yeah. later told me he was so scared of losing that, that he you know gave up his condo in DC he thought he was going to lose because it was really a, a tide against us that cycle. Uh, but we, we pulled it off and, you know, the rest is history. And, but, uh, yeah, that's, I still think back, I mean, it's a long time ago and I still think back to some of those lessons and trials that we went through.
0: Matt. So I want to, I want to harp on your point that you made a while ago that you wish more of us had actually run campaigns. So I, I see a problem with some of my competitors and with the younger digital folks, is that they come in, they come straight out of college, and we're looking to hire, and we teach them politics, and they come work for a digital firm, and they work their way up. And I was thinking about that this week. Um, I got on an airplane to fly back from Reagan to Charleston, and as I'm getting on the airplane, who comes and sits right behind me? But Zach Moffat, you know, one of my biggest competitors I targeted, and we started talking about how Zach. Founded, targeted after being a ground guy, right, Mm -hmm. and and needing and realizing how technology can fix some of the stuff that he and at the time Michael Beach actually noticed as ground guys. They were campaign hacks. They were campaign operatives. Okay, and 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 that's me too, right? I came from managing campaigns, and then I became a comms guy, and and my background is more on the creative and comms side. But I managed a lot of campaigns, like you. As actually GC, before I pivoted into digital about 14 years ago. So I think we need more guys on the digital side that are like you, that are like me, that are like Moffitt, that are like Beach, that have actually came up through the political campaign ranks rather than the digital ranks because, you know, you, me, Moffitt, Beach, I can throw out a bunch of other names. Um, we actually understand all aspects of a political campaign. We understand management. We understand the budgeting. We understand comms, ground, and finance. And I think you have to have that actual experience before you can do this right.
1: Uh, I think that's a great point because I think back because you were saying that I did all the fundraising and some of those, not all of it, but I did the direct direct mail fundraising, you know, wrote the letters, got them produced because you know, we were a small campaign and, and we were pretty frugal. Um made I made major donor phone, phone calls. Um, yep. set up events. You know, we we had a professional fundraiser as well, but you learn by you le- I learned the most by just asking for money um, yeah. myself. And I think that's probably I know that's helped me through the years for sure.
0: Yeah, I but, mean, you know, looking here at push I'm still trying to figure out campaign solutions as we're, you know, I'm just now getting to know each of the individuals, but you know, our, our senior level VPs have all come up through the ranks and managed races. But I look at the young folks that are account executives, none of them have. And it's like, I, I want to just send them out and make them knock on doors and make them put out signs and make them go do phone banks, the shit work, go stuff envelopes for 12 hours at a time like you and I had to do so that they fully comprehend what it takes to win one of these things. Because, yeah. you know, what they do, and God bless them, they're all hard workers, but they've just been sitting behind a computer since they got out of college and they're churning out creative and writing socials. And they've been living in the social media world. They don't know what it's like to get out there and do the shit work. And I, I think you got to understand the shit work so that you can apply the technology to it.
1: Yep. No, exactly. And I think part of it is I mean, campaigns, as you know, they don't pay that well. Um, you know, I, I made a thousand dollars a month to start out and it got a raise to $1,500. And even back then that was not a whole lot. Um, and so that's part of it is it's just not attractive to some of these, you know, some of the new generation, uh, for sure. And then the, the work hours and all that, but I look back at it. I mean, it was, it was a blast going to parades every weekend. Oh, it was so much
0: fun, dude. Yeah. I was always the first one willing to dress up in like a mascot costume.
1: And I took it really
0: serious. I can't tell you how many small town parades I've been in dressed as like a giant elephant. And I'm not talking about one of these like cheap Amazon costumes. I'm like full on, like it's like hundred degrees here in South Carolina. There was one time when I almost like I passed out, I had to run in the woods because I refused to take my uh, head off in front of children. So like I darted from the parade route into the woods and so no kids would see me taking my elephant head off. But, um, I, you know, I, I, that, that's the kind of experience these kids need. And by the way, a $1,000 is a lot more than I made. My first campaign job, I got paid 500 bucks. And even in my big break, uh, Terry Sullivan was paying me $1,500 a month to work for Jim Demet. I still couldn't afford to eat, so I had to bartend at night once I got off from stuffing envelopes all day.
1: Yep. Yeah, it, it teaches you something too, I think. I mean, just worrying about your job and you're know, winning it. I don't know. It just ingrained something to me, but it was also attractive. I mean, I, I miss, I miss it a little bit, but I've had the pleasure, obviously, you know, we worked together on a couple big races lately that you get enough of it to fill that, that, uh, adrenaline, uh, for sure.
0: Um, yeah. Honestly, man, I miss it sometime too, until I saw Scotty Howell and, Phil Vengelakis and Scott Farmer and Blake Williams all living in the Airbnb together in Atlanta, attending all these rallies and shit. And I was like, Nope, Nope. I miss it for like maybe a couple (laughs) hours. And I see the shit you guys are living in and that's okay. I'm okay. Hanging out in my office and managing my team.
1: That's right.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, well, man, look, I'm, uh, I'm proud of you for the big, uh, Position you got at the NRSC, I'm excited to work with you, and um, and hoping that once your tenure is up there, you come back over here to Campaign Solutions, man. But I, I just appreciate your friendship and uh, all the work we've been able to do together.
1: All right, thank you so much. This is this is fun. Good, uh, good to reminisce a little bit, and hey, so hopefully, hopefully share. We're trying to share and develop and grow new new uh, professionals. So this is. Definitely a part of
0: it. And we're going to do this again next year so you can give me your read after spending a whole year at the committee. Once
1: yeah. we're in the, more, the more,
0: middle of the hellstorm of elections next year, you got to come back on here and tell me how life is.
1: Sounds good. More gray hair, probably. <laughs> All yeah. right, brother. Thanks, man. All right. I'll Thanks. See ya.